You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Stay as long as you like. Well, at least until top of next hour, and then we won't be here. But you can still stay. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock. If you're watching our streaming service, and you can download that app, watch for free. We could never charge you for this content. And our radio affiliates around the country. So, Major League Baseball's lockout is happening. I don't know what it means in early December. You got me. For one thing, I guess we get a break from all those jaw-dropping numbers in every contract that seems to come across the wire. But an off-season lockout is hardly, I don't know, earth-shattering, headline-worthy. The NFL media tried their best in 2011 when there was a lockout from March until July. And there are plenty of doomsday columns. You had columnists who said, oh, fans won't come back. Okay. Um, We had football, as usual, in the fall. And hopefully that's the case with the lockout with baseball. And maybe they figure everything out by, say, February. But, you know, this time of the year, nobody's going to care about baseball in a lockout. There's no reason to. Unless you go, well, what's my team going to be like? Or who are we going to sign? When are we going to sign these players? What's going to happen when we get to spring training? The work stoppage in 1994 was devastating to baseball. Had to cancel the World Series. I mean, let that sink in. The sport probably isn't healthy enough to withstand anything like that again. But, you know, once again, I caution you by saying it's December. There's a lot of posturing that goes on. Both sides, you know, there's acrimony. They don't like each other. You don't have to like each other. You just have to come up with a solution here eventually. And when it's time for pitchers and catchers to report, hopefully they figured it out. If they haven't, then you have my attention. Right now... Not so much. Poll question for the final hour, McLevin. Okay, hour two was who had the best week in college football. Actually, Harbaugh ran away with it. Mm -hmm. Then Riley and Marcus Freeman right behind him. Only 6% went Brian Kelly. Okay. I think Brian Kelly, you triple your pay and you're 60 years of age. Here's the thing. People aren't going to vote for Brian Kelly having a great week because they don't like Brian Kelly. They don't like Notre Dame. But if he wins a national title in two or three years, tripled his pay, he's done a pretty good job. I think he had a good week. Now, you know, the perception of him, he, he took a hit on that. But, you know, we move on eventually. And, and we will. It's just he was Notre Dame's coach, how he left them. At least he met with them face-to-face. Not all coaches do that. And from what I'm told... He spoke for close to four minutes. There was no applause when it was over. There were no questions. There were no hugs. There was nothing. It was, from what I'm told, cold. But he at least tried. Now you can say, well, shouldn't he do that? Not all coaches do. I don't know if Lincoln Riley did that. But there's no outrage there. It's just, this is Notre Dame, plain and simple. If Ryan Day left Ohio State, people would not have this kind of reaction. If if he said, hey, I'm going to take this job, I'm going to the pros, nobody would have this kind of reaction. Ryan Day is not polarizing. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, polarizing.
Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs host the Denver Broncos in AFC West Showdown. Sunday night, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. I was looking at some of the other games. Now, you got the Cowboys and the Saints coming up tonight. And uh, Saints got a lot of injuries here. Cowboys have COVID. Uh, at least, you know, their head coach and uh, a few of their coaches and some of their players um, have been in the COVID protocol. Patriots at Buffalo, that's Monday night. Man, that is really interesting here. I love the Chargers and the Bengals because that's the first meeting between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. This could be the last stand for Ben, Steelers. Mike Tomlin always has a winning record. What if Pittsburgh wins? Like every time we try to bury them, they come back like Jason. Arizona at Chicago. And I don't know why I keep looking at this game going, God, does Chicago do something crazy like win this game? Arizona's got to have a good win here. Get DeAndre Hopkins back. Kyler Murray back. San Francisco at Seattle on Sunday afternoon. Man. Seattle is a wounded animal. San Francisco playing well. Maybe Russ gets to cook here. What if the Broncos beat the Chiefs? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to jump on a bandwagon, and it's really easy to jump off. Now everybody's on that Kansas City bandwagon. Denver's played pretty well. And before you go, well, they're not going to beat them. I know they shouldn't. But you just sort of look at these, you know, matchups, and who would have thought the Texans would rough up the Titans? no matter how injured the Titans were. I mean, the Jags are double-digit underdogs against the Rams. Like, you just, every single week, there's one or two games where you go, what the hell just happened? Even tonight with the Saints, the Saints should not win this game. But they're at home. They've lost four in a row. Yeah, McLovin. What happens if quarterbacks like Teddy Bridgewater and Kirk Cousins continue to have good stats and they get to the playoffs? Do they win jobs? Well, I think Kirk Cousins does. Um, I don't. I don't think Teddy would win the job unless they just say we we've looked and we're not getting Aaron Rodgers. Let me take you back to when I told you what I was told by a source that Denver was it is gearing up for making a run at Aaron Rodgers. That strategy that they have in collecting draft picks. They are, and the Packers love getting draft picks. You know, that, 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 that I could see Denver making a run for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's going to happen. I always want to make sure that everybody understands that because it's not a report that I'm going, hey, the Aaron Rodgers going to Denver. I'm telling you that Denver acquiring draft picks, Von Miller when he was traded, it was important to get draft picks. Philadelphia has draft picks. The Giants have draft picks. That's why you got to look at these teams and say, okay, what's Seattle going to want in return for Russell Wilson? Probably draft picks. And that's why I think Russ plays someplace else next year. But you have to have enough ammunition to be able to trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever it might be. You know, even Jimmy G, 
Yeah, because Jimmy G could be a starter on uh, another team next season. Yeah, Paul. I was looking at Kirk Cousins' stats. He's on pace for 4,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, and four picks. And it feels like that's a fan base who is casual about him. It, it, but he doesn't have that moment. Kirk Cousins has, what, 23 touchdowns, two interceptions? Yeah. I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers-like. But there's no standalone moment where you go, yep, that's why Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. He just doesn't have that moment. And he should through all these years. You know, how you like me, or whatever he said when he was in Washington. I mean, that's his standalone moment. How you like me now? Yeah, McLeod. You like that? Uh, oh, you like that. But they're five and six, though. I mean, that's a... I know. But it's not... You, you can't look at him and go, oh, he's not played well. It just feels like every single year, the Vikings feel further and further from the Super Bowl. I don't know if Mike Zimmer's back next year. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is back. Feels like he's you know, he's just going to get another contract extension. Or did he get one in the, that I didn't know about? Yeah, Paulie. Here's another guy, Jimmy Garoppolo in the Niners. He's on pace for 3,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Those are pedestrian stats. Yeah. But it feels like he's having a good season because like, they're winning. But all he does is win. Jimmy. That's what I, I keep hearing from uh, Jimmy G fans, Niners fans. Every time I bring it up, you keep bashing on Jimmy G. All he does is win. Does he win? Or is he on the team that wins? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I've been on teams that win. It's not necessarily because of me. Uh, get a couple of phone calls in here. Cody in Michigan. Cody, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Um, second time caller. I know that you have a vote for the Heisman. Yep. And I'm just here to advocate for Aiden Hutchinson. If you look what he's done all year, he breaks the Michigan single-season sack record and there's so many times when the refs could have thrown the flag for holding on the offensive lineman trying to guard him. And I'm here to dispel anybody thinking that Iowa has a chance against them. Okay. Thanks for taking All right. the call. All right. Iowa does what they're not supposed to do sometimes. And then they do what you expect them to do. So once they got into the top five, I go, is anybody watching them play? Because I don't think they have a good quarterback, not much offense. They have an opportunistic defense, but if you don't get any take, Purdue and Iowa seem, Iowa's a little, a step above Purdue, but they seem to do what you don't expect them to do. Like, did you see Purdue beat? And then you go, uh, it's Purdue. But remember when they beat Ohio State a couple of years ago? And you go, that's so Purdueian. And then all of a sudden they would come back down to earth. And then Iowa, oh, my God, they beat Penn State. And then they would do something so Iowan, and, 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 and they would lose games that they're not supposed to lose. Purdueian. Purdueian, that's a new one. By the way, the reviews are in. Todd had a um, late-night bad sports monologue. You did say it was bad, didn't you? Yes, I was preparing the uh, national public for it not to go particularly well. Okay, here's some of the reviews. Uh, Fritzy is a national treasure. There you go. Um, that was honestly terrible. I'm usually a Fritzy fan. Uh, please no more monologues. It's a new low for Fritzy. Oh, this time to go south. I like how Fritzy's late night show references are still from a previous time. Letterman and Leno. 
Um, yes, Lincoln left Norman and went west, kind of like your hair left your hair. Wait a second now. That's not necessary. And then it says, suck it, Todd. Oh, that's not necessary. But I, I'm playing the role of a fake, you know, late sports. It's not like me doing it. It's like what a bad late night sports wait, wait. Are, were monologue you, person. Were you tanking? Your monologue on purpose. I may have been talking a little bit. But <laughs> now I'm being it. drawn in with like offensive, like baldness has to get into well, that. Well, this is a guy whose handle is Oki Zen. So I'm guessing he's from Oklahoma. So there's some sensitivity there. That he, feels personal. Yeah, that, that, let, that one felt personal. You know what? Let it be said, I've never been to anywhere near Norman, Oklahoma. So far be it for me. That's why it's just jokes. It's a fake monologue. Yes. Yeah, I think it should be a regular Friday oh, segment. Oh, no, 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 no. Every week. I think Todd should. May, uh, how about t- twice a month? No, no. Bi-monthly. So bad? No, if yes. the audience voted and they wanted to hear it, then I might consider it. Yes, Paul. How about a regular Saturday segment? <laughs> he can come here and do it. We'll all be at home. How about right after the show, like bonus content Ooh. for those signed up for the newsletter? What if it ran just as a look-in? Okay. Okay, or or bonus content, right, also for the uh, newsletter. How do we great. go from national treasure to, oh, kind of the way you get your hair left your head and went stuff stuck your tongue? Not necessary. It's just extremes like that. That felt personal. Oki Zen. Yeah, I know. It's all, it's all fun. It's jokes. No, it's not. I guess it's not. Oklahoma's had a bad week, Todd. They've had a bad week. I should be more sensitive to that. But comedians, or so-called pretend comedians like me, folk comedians, they, you know, they make jokes. You poke fun a little bit. And again, I've never been there, so that's what makes it even more foolish. I don't know. Norman could be a, a beautiful, lovely place. I'm sure it is. I've never been there. So again, it's pretend just for my little joke. It's just jokes. <laughs> it's not meant to be a fit. Am I doing that noise again? Well, you run out of you run out of air. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get that check, like an ear, nose, and throat. Well, no, I always tell you to take a breath. The old, I, I, maybe it's more than that though, because I have sleep apnea. I snore a lot now. I'm wondering if maybe you know I have nodules, or there's something with the vocal cords, or something with my breathing that's off. Besides just talking fast. No, I just tell you to take a breath. I'm gonna get some extra. Like you'll anyway. take a breath, you'll go. It, then you'll go, and then you'll keep going, and then you'll go, and then you'll... It's a neurotic, I feel like I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. I better get it out before I forget. That's, I think it's partly that. That's a Jewish neurotic Brooklyn thing that's going on. And I may have to get something removed from my throat. I don't know what's going on. You got me worried about no, like I got just, a health crisis. just breathe. That's all. You just breathe. I'm going to get some labs run. Just, just, just so I'll just feel better. <laughs> I've got one of those diagnostic places. I'm not afraid. I've had needles. I've had IVs. And it, it doesn't bother me. Let them just say everything's fine. Everything's within normal range. And it's, we'll go from there. I still love that Todd's mom, when you went to the doctor when you were younger, your mom... You checked out okay? Doctor said you're okay. My brother and I, we both got checked because we both had similar, like, you know, little cough, sneeze, whatever. And your mom brought both of you back into the doctor and insisted that he give you a shot. My brother and I high-fived each other. We were like 10 and 8. It's like, no shot this time. And we were getting into the car, and all of a sudden, my mom's waving her finger that uh, Dr. Houtman in Brooklyn needs to talk to me. And he's got a needle for both of us. She somehow convinced him, just to play it safe, to give us shots in the butt. And that's how they did it back then. Large, rectal needle shots. No, it's not a Rectal. It was in the cheeks. It's in the cheeks. I know, but but I don't think they do that. Just like the, you know, the rectal thermometer, whatever it was, it was very painful. And it was the doctor. He's a doctor. Didn't think we needed one. And my mom brainwashed him to thinking, you know what? Just give him the shot. Yes, that's boy. ridiculous. Todd, it's good to see you're over it and there's no lingering effects. No, not at all. How about we take a break? Todd, take a breath. Convince a doctor to give your kids a shot. Take a break. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Whew. 
Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, which is amazing. No limit on how much you can earn. Amazing. How amazing is that? Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take a credit card take Discover. That means get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations do apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Reaction still coming in to Fritzy's bad sports monologue. The content value of watching Seton roll his eyes when Fritzy is doing his monologue is worth all the agony of whatever the hell we have to listen to. It's worth it. Let Todd cook. Bad late night monologue single-handedly gets the sports Emmy. Protect Fritzy at all costs. You're the ones picking out these tweets and sending I, yeah, them I over to I've sent you to... many more negative ones than positive ones. I can't just send you all bad ones. They're primarily stop doing that or something along those lines. Yes. Todd's bad monologue is a valuable treasure of old and new. Uh, it's more interesting and entertaining to the storyline if it's buried. <laughs> That's not a positive thing That's, to say I at don't, all. I don't think so. I don't think so. More phone calls, less monologues coming up. Make way for uh, Mark Sanchez, former NFL quarterback, USC QB, a Fox NFL analyst. He's going to be uh, covering the Jags and Rams coming up on Sunday. Mark joins us. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning. What's going on, guys? Uh, let's see, 6-2 and a quarter, and uh, give me 235 at the moment. Did you lie about height or weight when you were in college or the NFL? Uh, in high school, yes. <laughs> I think I felt like 6'3 or something. Uh, but after that, I just kept 6'2. And after the combine, it's like, all right, everybody measured me. Can't lie about that anymore. What do you What do you remember about the combine? Oh. Uh, so I, um, I dislocated my kneecap going into my last season at USC, like the second practice. So I sat out most of training camp, came back for the opener against Virginia on the road, and I had to wear this brace that, like, basically kept my kneecap in place while I'm running around and stuff. Because once it dislocates, it's prone to do it again. So at the Combine, everybody's got to check it out for the couple days of the medical exams. And so everybody's just cranking on this knee. And (laughs) this thing blew up like a basketball in the hotel room and I was like icing this thing all night just to get to the next day so I could go out and run my 40 and do all the physical stuff. It was a disaster. But every doctor from every single team was like, oh, this is the knee? How does this feel? You know? And they're just like <laughs> cranking on it. And I'm like, dude, and you can't say anything, you know? And by the end of the day, this thing was just so big and so annoying. Uh, but I ended up getting it fixed after my uh, after my rookie season. It popped out again my rookie year. So, yeah, the combine was a disaster. I was talking to uh, Matt Leiner yesterday, and he talked oh, about Oh, I a, heard him. Yeah. I heard him. Yeah, he talked about you two <laughs> taking ballroom dancing together. Now, he had already graduated, so or yeah. he needed two credit. You were a freshman taking ballroom dancing. Was that your major? No. 
<laughs> no, I think uh, without the kneecap issue, I might have been a professional dancer. Oh, okay. That's all I got to say. Dancing with the Bobby, stars? Matt, okay. Matt was like, I can't. He's like, I can't remember any dances. Well, our teacher was Jesus. Everybody called him Jay. And uh, he was a trip. But the, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but the gal that Matt was seeing in school, her friend became my partner, was my dance partner. And she was like, she was a total babe. And, you know, had a mini crush on her. And we danced and on Tuesday nights and had our little thing. It was cool. I thought it was awesome. I like how Matt, um, you know, but, didn't. I said, man, a great place to meet women if you're in college taking ballroom dancing. Oh, yeah. He dodged that thing like the plague. Holy cow. <laughs> that was funny. Um, he said that, that he was hearing Matt Campbell at Iowa State was the guy that USC was kind of zeroing in on before they got Lincoln Riley. Who were you hearing USC yeah. was going to hire? Well, I was hearing that. I was hearing that um, Sunday, uh, you know, right before all this went down. I thought that was going to happen. I thought the the fickle thing was going to happen potentially because of uh, his connection with Mike Bone. Apparently, uh, he was a former AD there, and they were together or something. So, which you know, those guys would have been those guys would be great. But I think this one was just such a big splash and so exciting offensively, and so exciting for recruiting. You know, and I don't know, we could have gotten anybody better. I was just as excited as Matt. But and, what has uh, happened since me, since Pete Carroll left? Like, what 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 left with uh, when Pete left? The recruits left California. I mean, think about it. The kid starting at the kid who was starting at Georgia was from Modern Day for a little bit, and then they you know switched quarterbacks or whatever. But JT Daniels was from Modern Day. Yeah. And he's in Athens, Georgia. The kid from the other kid from Modern Day, uh, Bryce Young, is starting at Alabama. The kid from St. John Bosco is starting at Clemson. Now, whether these guys are, you know, the best quarterbacks ever or NFL Hall of Famers and all that isn't the point. The point is they all came from Orange County, and they left. Like Coach Ogeron used to say, when things were rolling here. They would see other coaches show up at LAX, and they'd be like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Other coaches from other schools. Like, why are you here? Are you on vacation? Like, what are you doing? You're not getting any of these kids. Get the hell out of here. You know, like, that was like the running joke because you'd walk in with the SC interlock to a high school, and everybody just lined up. I mean, they were Coach Carroll was recruiting guys just so they didn't go to UCLA. Like it was, it was crazy. We had five five star running backs at one point. It was like Mark Tyler, Emmanuel Moody, C.J. Gable, Stephon Johnson, all in one running back room. I was like, holy, this is unbelievable. How did uh, that's Pete, the way it was? How did Pete uh, recruit you or Ed? Ooh, Coach O. Hey, hey, Sanchez. <laughs> you gonna hold the trophy? You gonna hold the sword? <laughs> In the Rose Bowl, you gonna be the quarterback of the USC Trojans. <laughs> I was like, he said, you gonna stand on the ladder, and after that, we gonna go, I'm gonna go make you some gumbo. <laughs> I said, I don't know what gumbo is, but I'm in. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> and sure as heck, man, I, I mean, Coach Carroll literally sat in my living room with my whole family, you know, chewing gum like he does, and going a million miles an hour, and he was just such an energetic personality they were putting out quarterbacks left and right Carson had just gotten drafted liner was in the running for he was just about to win the Heisman and Matt Castle was getting drafted 
after barely playing. I'm like, this is a quarterback factory. Sarkeesian's going to be there. Chow's there. Ogeron's there. Where else would I go? I mean, it didn't make any sense to go anywhere else. You know, I looked at Ohio State. I looked at Texas. I looked at Notre Dame, and it was like, why would I leave? There was, you know, there was no other option. And now, once you see what Lincoln Riley's done with all these other quarterbacks, you're a quarterback here in Orange County, San Diego, L.A., Northern California. Why would you leave? We're talking to Mark Sanchez, the Fox NFL analyst. He's got Jags at the Rams. Um, what concerns do you have with the Rams? Ooh, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when they lost Robert Woods and people think like, oh, it's fine, they just get OBJ. Well, Woods plays Z for them. He's like their flanker. And um, so now Van Jefferson's kind of in that role, and he's more of like a slot and sometimes an X and not really a Z. Like he didn't really play Robert's position. So he's got to learn a lot. OBJ's got to learn a ton. Um, you know, I watched their game last night from Green Bay uh, last week, just again before I go to their practice tomorrow. And um, it, it's little stuff. Like when you go system to system, when you're, you know, OBJ's on his third team and everybody's like, oh, well, why is he not panning out? Why He's not good anymore. Was it Baker? Was it him? Well, when you go from team to team, these languages of offenses and the little nuances – whether you take, you know, when you run a two-by-two two balance set and you run, like, all slants. Give me, give me a, a play. Like, give me a complicated play. I mean, it, this isn't a complicated play. Everybody runs it. But, you, you know, you call it lion or dragon is, like, drag slant or lion is all slant or triple slant or whatever. Basically, some teams run them, like, five-step slants on the outside, three-step slants on the inside. Some teams run them three-step slants on the outside, one-step slants on the inside. Some teams run slants on the inside and have, like, options where if you get walled off by a backer or a nickel and they don't let you go inside, you just slam on the brakes and pull back out of the route. So everything's, like, a little different everywhere you go. Driving a different car, dating a new girl. Some girls are gluten-free. Some girls eat anything. You know what I mean? It's just different. Same basic rules, same game but just a little different. And you can tell they're trying to figure it out right now. And Stafford's a little off with him. He's a little off with Stafford. Stafford's expecting him to run on a certain route or slam on the brakes, and he's doing the opposite. So they're still feeling each other out. And it takes time. But, I mean, the biggest concern is, like, if they don't rip off a bunch of wins, they're going to have to go back to Green Bay. And it was freezing up there. It was like, you know, in the teens, low teens with the wind chill. And they did not look good. So, I mean, that's my only fear with them. Like, they need to win a bunch of games, and Green Bay has to hit a little slide if the Rams want to, you know, control home field and all that. What's worse for a quarterback, snow, rain, cold, wind? Uh, Wind sucks. Wind. Like the old Meadowlands, the old Giant Stadium, they would have to keep – so they had these two big garage doors on each side like on each end of the field kind of so like emergency vehicles can come through right well they'd have to keep one open as like some sort of code or safety code or whatever (laughs) so the wind would come in there and just swirl and you're like you literally have to plan plays based on the quarter like if you're going to take a deep post shot 
you can't throw it <laughs> into the wind. I mean, at least I couldn't. Maybe Josh Allen could. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe a handful of guys that have ever played could have done it. But that was tough. And it's like, hey, we're going to hit this. We're going to try and hit Flutie, the deep post on it. Um, we're going to have to try and get to it in the second quarter because we're going the wrong way right now. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. So the wind totally sucks. Rain's, I mean, rain's never been that much of a problem for me, but I got really big hands. So I'm, I remember playing that that Monday night game against the Vikings, against Favre, um, and it was just pouring. I mean, just absolutely drenched in warm-ups. And it was uh, – th- those weren't bad. Uh, but – I mean, just getting used to the cold. Like, I remember, you know, I'm a SoCal kid, man. I grew up in Orange County. I'm at the beach, like, rainbow sandals all the time. And then you go to New York. I mean, I never played a game in less than, you know, 52 degrees. (laughs) So it was, I mean, we'd go out on Tuesdays, and the equipment staff would wet the balls down when it started to get cold, and just I'd have to go play catch and just get used to it. (laughs) It sucked. My hands would hurt so bad, and it was just different. So. You know, it's different when you when you draft a kid from the West Coast. Have you looked into the NFT with the uh, the butt fumble to make some money off of that to own that? <laughs> you know, that's funny. My my uh, best friend actually talked about that because he's like, you know, all these people are doing it and making money. I mean, I, I get how like the concept of it, but yeah. it just seems so weird. Like, I don't, that whole thing, the Bitcoin thing, like, I I just, I don't know. That's really hard for me to wrap my brain around. That's just, like, different. And I know I don't know enough about it to, like, jump in that arena. So I just kind of stay away from it. Well, you should have skipped dance class. (laughs) Taking an econ class? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) I don't get the uh, Bitcoin one either. And even the NFT, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But yeah, it, the whole blockchain thing, and we're going to go mine this stuff, and I, I'm like, what? What's it like living <laughs> in the Matrix, man? I'm out. I'm out. I remember the first time I walked on USC's campus, and I thought it was a movie set. And uh, <laughs> I so they film a lot of movies there. Yeah, but I'm with my my son, who eventually went there, and then my one of my daughters. But you walk on that campus, and you go, this this isn't real. It it's like. Yeah. Right? It's even nicer now. Have you seen it recently? Oh, yeah. They build that I mean, village. Last, I'm saying recently in the last. Yeah. Oh, what? There's like a Whole Foods and a Trader Joe's across the street. <laughs> that market we used to go to, that 3 2 market, had straight up rats in there all the time. All the time. And I'm like getting eggs, like, oh, damn, that's nasty. Yeah, it's, it's so, uh, a little different. That place was terrible. And then the movie theater? Oh, my God. That movie theater, there was. Like homeless people in there, the dudes like we'd go see like saws were come that those saw movies were coming out, so everybody wanted to go see that. And I mean, dudes are just like screaming in there, like, "No, don't go in the room! Don't go in the room!" Homeless guys in there, people like giving birth in there. It was disgusting. I hated that place, dude. I'm telling you, that place was so bad. It was so bad. The fact that Coach Carroll got all those kids to go there with those facilities and like. The way the campus was at the time, that's crazy. That's crazy. It, I mean, it didn't even match up to anything that it is now or any of the other schools. I know. Uh, tough life, though. Oh. Tough life being a USC student, <laughs> no, right? I'm so happy I went there. I mean, it's the best. It's the best, especially if you're going to live here when you're done. Like, if you're going to be in SoCal yeah. and you went to USC, 
It's awesome, man. Did you it, have a football one class? Of the best things in the world. Football class? Yeah, but was there one that all the football players took aside from ballroom dancing? Oh, oh, um, there was like a self-defense class that was kind of cool. <laughs> well, that might come um, in handy if you went into the movie theater. Yeah, exactly. That movie theater, you needed it, bro. That place was so bad. Self-defense. Um, no, we took like karate. It was like karate or like self-defense. That one was pretty fun. <laughs> um, occupational therapy was a cool one. Uh, but a lot of guys were, you know, Matt said it yesterday. A lot of guys were sociology majors because nobody <laughs> knew what they wanted to do. Everybody's just like, oh, okay, I'll just go soch. And that's what they did. I ended up taking communication. I actually took a um, a class on uh, on like fashion communication. So like the, the gal uh, Paige from Paige Premium Denim, which was super popular at the time, came in and spoke to the class. Um, I took a class with Dr. Boyd. And I think, like, Guillermo del Toro came in and spoke to us. People from the office, Jim and Pam from the office came in when the office was big, and they spoke to our class. It was awesome. You get to see, like, all the sneak peek movies and TV shows that are out. It was it was really cool. It was great. Oh, man. Living the life. Yeah, we had some good classes, though. Yeah. Uh, hey, have fun with the Jags and the Rams. Always great to catch up with you. Uh, my best to the family. And uh, thanks again. I appreciate it, man. All right. Yes, sir. That's uh, Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst and uh, former USC quarterback. I'm going to guess, and he's been a good sport in talking about the butt fumble, that you could make money off that with the NFT. It becomes even funnier if you're making money off of that. But yeah, I could. I don't know enough about it. Like people say, why don't you have an NFT when McLovin broke his glasses? I'm like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody want that? <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, we're going to do an NFT on McLovin breaking his glasses. Uh, $5. Okay. Yeah, McLovin. They were $300 glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're all of our people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've heard that. Uh, let's take a break here. <laughs> Last call for phone calls. What we learned. What's in, what, Paul? If you could have a do-over in life, wouldn't you want to be a USC quarterback? I, and any other professional. A USC student. Yeah. But I mean. I walked on campus with my son. And I'm. He's just kind of looking at the buildings. I'm looking at everything. Like the whole ambiance there at USC. And you're going. Wow. There is no way I would be studying. It'd be really difficult there. It did. It looked like a movie set. All right. We'll take a break here. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow after this. If you ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than doing it right now because Simply Safe is giving my listeners 50% off their award winning home security. Now, when I say award winning, U.S. News and World Report called Simply Safe best home security system of 2021. Simply Safe has everything you need keeping your home safe indoor, outdoor cameras. You got sensors, all monitored by around the clock trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. There's no pushy salespeople. You don't have to sign a contract, no hidden fees. It's great. Customize your system. You can do it online in a couple of minutes, delivered right to your home or your office. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than doing it right now. There's a system that you can make that it will be fitted to what your needs are, no matter big, how big or how small your house is. Simply Safe, once again, giving my listeners 50% off their award winning home security. Learn more and get 50% off your new system. Visit simplysafedan.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts former Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn will join us tomorrow he's not happy the way Brian Kelly left South Bend last call for phone calls what we learn what's in store tomorrow this day in sports history final results of the poll question McLevin who had the best week in college football uh okay Jim Harbaugh wins and then Marcus Freeman second Notre Dame coach I saw the uh, vote by the media for the ACC Coach of the Year, 50 members of the media, and all 14 ACC head coaches voted. Dave Clawson, rightfully so, from Wake Forest, uh, won with 49. Pat Narduzzi for Pitt finished second with 10. Dabo Sweeney got one vote. Who voted? Did Dabo Sweeney vote for Dabo Sweeney? Who else is voting for Dabo Sweeney? Did they go... He did more with less. Um, I'm going to guess nobody underachieved quite like Clemson did, but he got uh, one vote there. Dave Clawson at Wake Forest is your ACC Coach of the Year and Wake Forest against Pitt for the ACC Championship, and I will be watching that. Very excited about that. Let's see. What do we have here? A couple of phone calls. Uh, Ryan in Honolulu. Oh, what could Ryan be calling in to talk about? Hi, Ryan. Hello, Dan. I whipped up a last-minute rad late-night sports monologue for you. Okay. So, so, did you hear Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU? Yeah. It was a real baton ruse. Ooh. Notre Dame fans were shamrocked. <laughs> Brian Kelly gave them the three-leaf bend, Clover. Wow. <laughs> wow. Bend, Clover. I wow. I, yep. I, I don't know why Notre Dame fans were so upset. Brian Kelly gave them the Irish. Goodbye. Okay. See what he did All there? right. I see what, see he, what did. he did. There? Thank you, Ryan. All right. I, I like how, uh, you know, the big German puts up Todd's reaction to this he does do that yeah just so people <laughs> if they're watching they get to see how you react to your uh, your nemesis ryan it started off slow but then the bend clover thing you know, <laughs> that's, that's picked up quickly oh sean in sacramento hi sean what's on your mind today my uncle from another mother my brother's behind the board man five eight a very mixed thanksgiving meal plump 206 okay. 
So I, I think we're all missing the mark right now. Fritzy is one clever cat. He dropped a total bomb last hour in order to make his, his lamericks and every other holiday name dropping a little bit better, man. He, he's, he's setting the bar super low, so in the new year he could go ahead and hit us with a bunch of fantastic limericks and a bunch of fantastic sports names. So on behalf of Dan Patrick, name, uh, uh, Dan Patrick Nation, let's all say it together now. Section... Row, suck it, Fritzy. Oh, wow. Wow. wow! Thank you, Sean. He found me out. He figured out how I, you know, yeah. start off slow and hopefully I can. Like you set the bar really right. low. So anything I you know will be could be remotely much better than before. Okay. Well, you've been doing that a long time. I really have. the bar really low. Two decades of that. Like, I don't know how you put up with it. You've put in 15 years of groundwork of setting the bar <laughs> really, really low. I'm very good at that. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Charlie in Virginia. Hi, Charlie. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, Dan. Uh, amidst all this talk of the coaching changes in college football, ran across something in this Brian Kelly contract with LSU that I thought was unusual, extremely unusual, that directly ties uh, Scott Woodward, the athletic director's, his financial well-being as well as the schools, to uh, Brian Kelly. Um it's being reported, at least locally, that if Kelly leaves LSU while Woodward is still the athletic director, he would owe the school four million in twenty two, three million in twenty three, and two million in any other year left in the contract. But Kelly doesn't have to pay it if Woodward's no longer the athletic director. A built in incentive for LSU to keep Woodward, who was directly involved in the negotiations, of course, as athletic director. Because anytime they think about firing him, they got to realize they're staring down the barrel of a couple of million more dollars that they would forego or not. Uh, and I've never heard of an arrangement like this that's so, uh, I'll call it incestuous. It's how they roll down there. And I uh, want to know if you'd ever heard of it or if this was as awkward as uh, I found it to be. Uh, I haven't heard of that, but uh, thank you, Charlie. A um, little deep in the weeds there. You know, these contracts always have a way of working out when you want to hire somebody and then when you want to fire somebody. Usually everybody gets paid in the end. <laughs> uh, you know, how about that? Uh, this day in sports history, Paul. Okay, I got one, Dan. This is going to shock you. In 1980, ESPN aired its 10,000th sports center, <laughs> making it the most televised cable program in history. What day of the week was the number 10K <laughs> sports center? 10, Probably the same day as the 15,000th, the 20,000th, the 30,000th th- Sunday. Can't get it past you. It was on a Sunday. Uh, 1997, Latrell Sprewell's $32 million contract was terminated by the Golden State Warriors. The termination came one day after Latrell Sprewell attacked P.J. Cardosimo. Yeah, that was a big deal at the time. Did make up the dough with the, the, the Knicks a few years later. Uh, let me see. Anything else here that I saw? Bobby Bonilla became the highest paid player in baseball in 1991 when he signed a five-year, $29 million deal with the Mets. Is that the one he's still getting paid for? Because didn't they push it to 2035? No, he readjusted his contract. So they're trying to get like Mucina or someone like that, and he deferred everything. It was just like his next contract. Yeah. And by, I think they saved like $6 million, allowed them to snag like Mike Mucina for a playoff run. Hmm. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, he gets a million dollars uh, every year till 2035. That's amazing. Is that the best contract 
like smartest contract when you consider what he was doing, you know, cause it's not, these guys now getting $300 million. Obviously those are better contracts, but I think didn't the Lakers offer magic one year for $24 million, like 20, 24 years where you get paid a million dollars a year. I thought it was something like that where they had, Spread it out even when he was done playing. Yes, Todd. Any deal that sounds like you won the lottery or some kind of publisher's clearinghouse thing, it's insane. Back then, they would never have anything like that. Let's go around the room. What we learned. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Uh, what did you learn, Todd? I learned that Taysom Hill seems better at signing contracts than being really good at any one particular thing on the field. McLovin. Paul Feinbaum says Nick Saban's worth $100 million a year. Seton O'Connor. Hot new segment on the show. Yeah, bad sports monologue. Bad sports monologue. Let's go. Even Ryan got in on it. Why not? Paulie, what'd you learn? (laughs) Fritzy's playing the long game with comedy. (laughs) What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the GLE, the SUVs. They've got a SUV ready for you. First in class technology, leader in innovation, intelligence not yet seen from an SUV. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Talk to you tomorrow. One more item, we close out this Thursday show. It's Level Select CBD, sports creams and roll-ons. I use the roll-ons. If you're lifting weights, you're playing golf, you're running around the neighborhood, sore muscles, post-workout discomfort, popping up in new places all the time. That's why I'm thankful that there's Level Select CBD, sports creams and roll-ons. Carson Palmer was the one who told me about it. Uh, Ricky Fowler uses it. Steve Garvey, the former baseball great. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. They've been through the battles. Uh, Level Select CBD, formulated with doctors. There's a high concentration of CBD that allows me to feel it work immediately, usually in about 30 seconds. And I know it's made with 0% THC. You apply the Level Select directly to the sore spots. Let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work and you will feel it. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com. Make sure you use the promo code DP30. That's $30 off your entire order today. $30 off levelselectcbd.com promo code DP30. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota.